Squirty, McFlo, Squirty got a haircut, Squirty got a haircut. What up? I did. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm nice, doing great. Nice to be here. Thank I, you for think, having me. I think what you'll notice, yeah. considering considering you have you have the musical background and I don't at all. Yeah. You might have noticed with the Squirty got a haircut yeah. and the beating on the drums, but <laughs> you can tell that, that you're I, top to your talent. Is you, what can, you're you, to can, say. you can tell that I was naturally gifted. I'm not on any performance enhancing supplements. No for, PEDs for this guy. <laughs> the, the swellness yeah. policy is what I'm calling it now. No, you got like a like an Andy Kaufman vibe. So it's wrestling and comedy related. So right. there you go. You're yeah. pretty much nailing it. Well, <laughs> that wasn't necessarily what I was going for, but you know. Oh. But you know, I'll take the I'll take the the Jim Carrey comparisons all day. I mean, uh, Jim he, Carrey he, as Andy Kaufman or as just Andy? Jim, oh yeah, oh, as okay. yeah, because I'm a huge fan of Jim Carrey. I don't there know if I'm as big of a fan of Andy Kaufman because I mean, he's a little bit before my time. I mean, I like the I like the idea of Andy Kaufman, but he doesn't necessarily make me laugh. Mm, like yeah. I, I like I like his rebel side, you know. <laughs> Did you watch Taxi on Nick at Night when you were a child? No, 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 no. I'm oh. uh, I'm 36, so I'm not I'm not that old. Not that old. Well, I'm 37. I, I watched it on Nick at Night when I was a child. I guess you're older than well, you're older by years, so that explains it. <laughs> oh, just that just that one year that one, that one year it. window where yeah. they where they only played Taxi <laughs> on Nick at Night for that one year. You were there for it. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also I'm also Canadian, so oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, know, it's like that, like that that stuff didn't play here. You know what I always thought about because you know I mean I'm I'm sure of course everybody who's a wrestling fan in Canada yeah was a huge Bret Hart fan, of course yeah, and the yeah. Hart Foundation and all of that stuff. Yeah. When I was younger and I wanted to break into wrestling. Some of the like the some of the goals which I've never accomplished uh, was to go wrestle in in Canada. I wanted to get uh, I wanted to get some some uh, Canadian bumps on my bump card. Yeah, and it yeah. never happened. <laughs> okay, and like, uh, have you have you wrestled in Canada since, or it no, never happened? Never. It never happened. No, I've never. Wrestled how long, in how long have you been wrestling? I've been wrestling. It'll be nineteen years as Corey Castle. Okay, that bump card's getting full. Yeah, it's very full. <laughs> it's very, very full. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so like, you know, talking about Bret Hart, like what's your fondest Bret Hart memory? Oh, I have to say the I Quit match from WrestleMania. Yeah. WrestleMania 13. The Stone Cold there with the, yeah. the, the iconic blood scene. Yeah. And yeah, blood, no, that's... Blood from a stone was the... Yeah. What was... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood from a stone. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was like the, the title on the shirt or something, right? Yeah. Uh, I still remember that. I um, I remember when I was a because I'm from Quebec in Canada, and Quebec has always had like a, a really vibrant wrestling scene since like the early like you know 60s, 70s, all that stuff. Especially 70s, like uh, Andre the Giant when he was called Jean Ferré used to wrestle like five minutes away from my house. Uh, <laughs> but I know it was it was too too young for me. Uh, but my mother was a big big fan, and mm -hmm. she she saw like stuff like Gino Brito. Uh, Dino Bravo, Andre the Giant, the, the Rougeau brothers, like all those, the, all those guys used to wrestle in an arena, like literally five, ten minutes away from here. Did, and, now, uh, did that make you 
gravitate towards wrestling real hard? Yeah. So okay. my my family was uh, more my dad, I would say, growing up was really into wrestling, and I got into it like really like three, four, five years old. Mm-hmm. So I was um, we were going to, I was going to live wrestling shows when I was five years old mm-hmm. uh, in Ottawa across the across the uh, the river from here uh, at the Civic Center, if I remember then. And yeah, there was like I saw I, my earliest memories like I saw Hulk Hogan live, I saw Ultimate Warrior live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a guy like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I saw that era live. I remember seeing uh, Undertaker versus Sid Vicious in a body bag match live. Uh, I remember the, and then that era kind of ended around 93 Royal Rumble, Taker, Yokozuna, like the, the casket match. I saw like, like Taker, Yokozuna live casket match five minutes away from my house. I feel like these are things that would be traumatic experiences to tell a yeah. therapist as an adult. I have a great Undertaker story. I, I, actually, I'm just going to mention before I forget, I also the best Bret Hart stuff that I remember just because I saw it live. I saw when it was like around WrestleMania 10, they were doing Bret Hart, Owen Hart, uh, mm-hmm. the run. And I yeah. saw I saw they were preparing that match, the that's cage why, match. That's why I kicked your leg out from your leg. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh-huh. I saw I saw Bret Hart versus Owen Hart in a 45 minute cage match the blue cage and everything like live mm-hmm. and all that was like in my backyard it was like just the best time really mm-hmm. um but yeah so what what, the, what was your question just before that uh, <laughs> i don't i don't I'm not, I'm not even listening i'm not even <laughs> no i'm i'm uh i'm i i just got my my vaccination two days ago yeah. Yeah. And I'm still groggy, dude. I'm still yeah. yeah your brain, like, like I, I didn't yeah. have any side effects. I got lucky. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I heard some people got sick like a week after that. My yeah, my sister got hers yesterday, and she's feeling it today too. Like I was yeah. just, I was just over their house. My my mom lives across the street from me. Okay. I was just, I was just over there. My sister lives there, and I was just hanging out with her and sitting with her, and she was not doing well. She was like, she was in the kitchen, and she made a sandwich, and then she's like, want a sandwich? I was making this sandwich and I got nauseous and I don't want this sandwich anymore. <laughs> so have you been getting just headaches or you're, you want to throw no, up or no, no, not, not for me. I don't have any of the, I don't have any of the like sicknesses. Okay. I just have just fatigue. Just I'm groggy and, okay. and, and, and that's it. But I mean, so did I, did I say, did I say that correctly? Fatigue. Would I say fatigue? I think I think that's the correct pronunciation. Fatigue way. I think is fatigue way. Right, fatigue way is the way to say it. <laughs> I don't. I remember what we were talking about. I was talking about the, the if I had a story about the Undertaker. Oh was, yeah. Oh, yeah. So just to, to to close that that little uh, loop. Uh, <laughs> so I remember we would hang out back, not necessarily backstage, but you could go like the, the way the arena was built. There was a steel grating that would separate the hallway from like the fans and the wrestlers. So a lot of kids would hang out on the other side of the uh, ray, uh, the, the the sort of like the, the it was like Bar- prison bars basically. Barricade. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the wrestlers would come out, and then I remember after the match, after the Yokozuna Undertaker casket match, Yokozuna comes out, and then we're just like we're all you know trying to get his attention because we can literally, if you pass your arms through the bars, you could touch them. Like that's how close we were to them. And I remember my parents brought me there, and they stuck me in front, and Yokozuna was there, and then he kind of like they were still doing kayfabe back then, so he was like you know the heel obviously, and uh, so he doing, was like doing kayfabe. What is that? I know that's not a I don't I, 
you know, I'm from the era of K- where cafe mattered. <laughs> no, I, I was just, I was, yeah. I was laughing at how you called it doing cafe. Doing cafe. I've yeah, never yeah. heard it. I've never heard it called doing cafe. No, I don't know. Like it's what, just, what, I'm, I'm like an outsider to wrestling. I'm not in the biz. I just, I just make the music. So I don't know what, I don't know what. what you, what yeah. do you call it? Keeping kayfabe. Keeping kayfabe. Well, they Keep- were uh, all right. So they were doing kayfabe back. In- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So they they, were key, they, were, they they kept the kayfabe back uh-huh. then. And then uh, Yoko <laughs> Yokozuna was uh yeah he was just like you know mean smirking whatever he was huge like yeah. I still remember it was unbelievable like he could have ate all all the kids there probably. <laughs> and uh, Undertaker comes out and that was a cool moment where. Undertaker comes out, and then he had put on like his his trench coat back on and his his hat, and then mm-hmm. you know everybody's yelling yelling at him. He's, he's just like slowly walking towards uh, the the locker room, and then as the kids are yelling at him, as he's going away, like kids start getting disappointed, and then he just stops for like fifteen seconds, just stands still, and then he slowly turns around and just looks at all of us. And he says nothing, and then he just turns around, and keeps walking again. And I remember that like if it was yesterday. It was like the, it was like, oh, they, he's the coolest guy of all time, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's it. But it was, it was like we were scared shitless. You well, know, you, you you said you said something about closing that circle there before you started telling the story. We're like, yeah. oh, so we can close the circle. That circle will never be closed. No, I know. It's and like uh, never want- ever. I hope I get to run into that guy one day and I'm going to explain to him that very situation and be like, you scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. You, I'm traumatized now forever. <laughs> live, live in the gimmick, man. Yeah. That's, uh, as uh, the, old doing K, the old doing K fame. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> how did you get connections with the people in wrestling to start doing uh, entrances? So that was just uh, that was just a, a, a me me messaging 50 i still to this day message 50 wrestlers a day because that's the limit that facebook allows you to send messages every day or else Mm -hmm. i would send a lot more uh so for the last nine months uh i basically got into well i've been music producing music producing for the last three years but i've been involved in music for 20 since i've been 16. Um, and what led me to that is just like a failed of a, a series of failed projects over the years. I had bands, I was working with artists, I was doing like the actual music producer thing for a while, and none of the things were sort of panning out. And then I just like, all right, well, my my heavy music production was getting better also along with it. And then I was mm-hmm. producing a lot of hip hop, R and B, pop. Um, yeah, so then from then on, I basically got the idea. Well, my one of my childhood dreams was to be Jim Johnston. I really wanted to you know yeah you mentioned that to me yeah yeah yeah. like i really wanted to like i thought that his music back then like attitude era music was just amazing to me Mm -hmm. and uh, that got my attention early on and then it was always in the back of my mind like i'd like to do that one day Uh, i was trying to be a film composer a video game composer for for a little while uh that didn't pan out i still have the hopes of like doing composer stuff eventually mm-hmm. uh for now it's uh yeah so so like I, I i just like all right well i might as well try the wrestling thing so i just uh started sending messages to wrestlers i've been adding like i have i think i have like five thousand wrestlers on my facebook at this point i just add wrestlers constantly it's part of my networking like i hustle really really hard so there was no in or contact or anything in the business yeah so it was just me like just grinding it out and talking to guys and being like, hey, I've been doing this for a long time. Can I make your theme? And yeah, so that's it. And now I'm at nine months in and I'm at 22 themes. So it's going wow. going well, going then, well. Yeah, that's impressive. And, yeah. And how long, how long does it take you to make each each theme? Is it? Uh, I try to limit it to three days each. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, the last last theme I made, the the most recent one uh, I put in, I think it was eight hours of work altogether, and it's actually one of my favorites. So I'm getting good at quality versus time, which is uh, you know because the I I heard that because my goal would be to get one of you know one to one of the big companies eventually, mm -hmm. and I heard that those guys that produce themes like they're put on a really really uh, intense schedule. Like sometimes mm -hmm. like turnaround is one day. All right, come up with a song right now. Like we need something. So I'm I'm practicing and I'm putting getting my skills up so that I can if I get the opportunity one day to get placed in one of these places like I'm ready right I have the, the chops for it so that's right. that's why I'm like always trying to do it faster and faster <clears throat> do you ever add lyrics to your music because I listened to a few and they were mostly instrumentals yeah so uh, I don't do lyrics I've never been able to write lyrics it's my brain is just not programmed that way oh if you need someone to sing come to me I got no, I'm kidding you're the guy you're the guy <laughs> Um, uh, I'm glad that you're hustling to me on your own podcast. Very, very, very cool stuff. No, I uh, sure. <laughs> it was only in in parody. For oh yeah, yeah. How bad my song singing was in the beginning of the episode. Well, you never know if you're like Doink the Clown comes back, you know, like or something like that. You need some like funny lyrics. You might be the guy, you know. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, so the uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember where exactly we were going with that. Um, the lyrics, you're, oh, yeah, the lyrics. So I, what I do, like I do it, the cause Jim Johnson used to do lyrics for some songs, mm -hmm. but he would have access to a bunch of, you know, great Artists. musicians. Yeah. And all, yeah. So, uh, I don't have the, those kinds of contacts. So what I do is that I do like, uh, say like example, like the, the rocks heel theme back in the day where they would just mm -hmm. plug his catchphrases. The rock says, yeah, the rock, know the your role and shut your mouth like that. Like they would mm -hmm. always like really hammer in the branding and the catchphrases in the songs. Mm -hmm. So I, I tell wrestlers that they can record voiceovers with their phones, send it to me, and then I can stick them in the song, like right. mix, mix it in. Mm -hmm. And those are actually some of my favorites so far because it's mm -hmm. very specific to wrestling, right? So it's like you wouldn't you wouldn't hear those on the radio. It's like it's very theme, like thematic to those people. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it adds another layer because I've noticed from let's say like independent theme makers, like I'm keeping an eye out on what sort of everybody's doing. And I don't, I haven't heard like a lot of, a lot of themes like that. So that's why I'm like focusing on, you know, I always push saying like, Hey, like uh, if you have catchphrases, let's do the voiceover thing. Like it's, you know, it's, uh, it adds like a layer. And then I like when the, the wrestlers also interact with the theme live, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, like a triple H entrance with like, you know, <laughs> actually like timed stuff right. to the music, you know? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's like, there's different cues, like, you know, re more recently, like one of my favorite entrances recently is Finn Balor's, even though like, he's kind of, uh, he's kind of like not on the main roster anymore he's doing the nxt thing but his entrance was great with like oh, all, the, yeah. all, all the time cues the, and the lighting stuff yeah like the the the, yeah. the, the epic yeah. stuff and then yeah very like, epic that's what's great about entrances and i feel like when from what i've seen footages of different wrestlers that are starting out that's what they they haven't grasped yet like the showmanship of like really like uh embodying the song as they're coming out right yeah right? that's <clears throat> that's a part of what makes people want to play yeah. with the toys and play, yeah. and play the video games yeah. like the music and the entrance in the video games yeah. are like what make kids want to be wrestlers yeah like oh, all yeah. of all of that is what like drives the the markdom like which yes. we're like we'll yeah. have we'll have people wanting to to buy uh the merchandise the t yeah. the t-shirts and the yeah. the toys and the video games 
Yeah, it's like the the audio branding. It's more mm-hmm. important than ever now. But like the Jim Johnson figured that out a long time ago, and uh, he uh, he basically nailed the concept of it. And uh, now basically everybody's just trying to be a clone of Jim Johnson, pretty much. Like uh, to their, you, you know, my only experience. <laughs> not, I don't want to say experience. My only knowledge of ever like seeing him yeah. was like in Beyond the Mat when he was like playing the bass and he was like playing Vader's song. Yeah. He's very yeah. brooding and he comes out, boom, boom, boom. Like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, all yeah. I remember. Is, yeah. But I I remember yeah. having those albums, um, the yeah. WWE, yeah. Uh, the music. I had volume four and I think that had um, had like the, the X-Pac theme on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Uncle Cracker version? No, 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 not the Uncle Cracker. <laughs> no, not the Uncle Cracker. I, yeah. I actually just had Justin Credible on the podcast, and he talked about that song. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he, sa- <laughs> he said the story of that song was his manager was also Uncle Cracker's manager and uh, like asked if they could use the song. It's, it's a really, really cool-ass story. I should like clip it out and put it on on oh, yeah. media or something. Yeah, no, I'm intrigued by the story. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Oh, you know what? Let me show you something I have. Yeah. What what is this going to be? So I what had is, a what my, is this going to be? My <laughs> my friends my friends who were in a band all came by when I used to record in the studio. Yeah, and uh, they brought me by this gift, and they said that they've been meaning to give it to me for a while, but they gave it to me. While they were on the oh yeah 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 I remember that yeah pile driver yeah Hulk Hogan in a hard hat for anybody who anybody who's listening to the audio and not watching the visual yeah yeah with his uh, very very shiny uh, gray helmet going on there and uh, clearly like some baby oil yeah. (laughs) Are those, stre- are those stretch stretch marks on there? Or is no, that like cut? just that's just baby oil. Okay, <laughs> it's just baby oil. So oily. <laughs> hey, how do you feel about uh, oily guys in wrestling? I heard like there's like a debate uh, within wrestlers with that oil. What's going on with that? What do you think I think about that? Well, if I was a wrestler, I feel like I wouldn't be into it. <laughs> Because it's like I have olive oil at home. I'm good. Like, you know, I guess like I don't know if it's like it's for aesthetics, but it must be harder to wrestle with a guy that's covered in oil because he's just slipping everywhere. It's like UFC guys that try to submit guys that are covered in blood like it doesn't work. Right. So I don't know. Like, that's that's my I guess it's like, does it make it harder? Well, here's the thing. Yeah, I'm a long haired man and, and I have been a long haired man ever since I was a boy. Yeah. And uh, I've always wet my hair when I wrestled. So uh, being wet and being oily or yeah. so- somewhat similar, um, I think it adds like for sure it works for it works for the aesthetics and yeah. the, the, the visuals. But like when it comes to the the feeling like a star, like so like the oh, sure the the way you look uh, is cool, but yeah. like. If you look like you're a star, you feel like you're a star. Right. Right. So I think I think it's a little bit of that, a little bit of like like I can sell better with my hair wet. And I can like I can I can yeah. move better. I can make I can make people look better. Like when they throw strikes, I can sell it better. Right. And so um I I don't mind the oil at the all. Whole, what about the whole grappling thing? 
You know, it's um, like there's, a, there's, there's like slippage must occur, I guess. I mean, it can, but yeah. it's it's not it's not something I'm too concerned about. No, no, okay. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, you, I, I it hasn't been too much of a problem for me. Okay. Okay. I would have uh, I would have thought different. Interesting. But anyways, like, uh, the, do guys still oil up as much as they used to? I remember, like, everybody used to oil up back in the day. Well, I think they banned it. I think they banned it in WWE. Okay. Okay. Um, I think they ban they ban oiling up. I, but I don't think many people do it even on the indies that much anymore. No. Well, like, you see, like, you see guys wet their hair, and then the water, like, sort of, like, uh, you know, acts mm-hmm. as oil for a while, but it dries up, like, as the match goes on. But mm-hmm. I guess, like, you know, oil and, you know, sweat and all that stuff, like, it must be similar, like, you know, impact the, 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 I, I have no idea what I'm, basically, I have no idea what I'm talking about. No, you're, you're, <laughs> you, but you know what? No, it's, 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 inter- it's an interesting take on it, and I like right. hearing it. So I'm yeah. not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you to stop talking about it because no. I'm interested. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in yeah. what your opinions are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways. Let's, so, uh, yeah. Go, go for it. Um, so I know you said you, you got like the Hogan era and the Andre and all that era. Yeah. Like you went to those shows when you were a little, little kid. Yeah. But then, uh, no, I, I didn't see those. shows. my mom did. I was too young. So I, I saw like a Hogan ultimate war that era more. Okay. Yeah. But then, like you, like did you did you stay faithful through that whole thing until the Attitude Era, or did you rediscover it upon the Attitude Era? Um, I it's 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 very very foggy. I remember going to live shows early nineties. Uh, the live shows slowed down uh, a lot in where I was from after like ninety three ninety four. So there might have been a lull. I think there was a lull in general, especially WWF, like around 94 to 95, late 95. There was kind of a two-year, three-year lull there, if I remember. Uh, that's where, like, the Doink the Clowns and all that stuff came in. And not bashing Doink the Clown, because I think his heel character is great. Uh, but, yeah, like, it was more cartoony for a while. I had the goon and, like, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy and, like, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I still followed it, uh, but we didn't see it live as much, so it kind of took me out. But then uh, when the Attitude Era came back on, like 96, I was really obsessed with ECW for a while. Like mm-hmm. uh, WWF, WWF, WCW was cool, uh, but ECW was the coolest Like it uh, for me. Um, yeah, I love the whole, like, I, I, I like a good rebellious artist type, and... ECW is the closest thing that I've seen for wrestling to embody that necessarily on like a national scale. Yeah, dude. They were like, they were like, they were like the Nirvana of wrestling. Yeah. That's what Paul Heyman used to say. And as soon as I heard Paul Heyman say that, I'm like, I'm in full, like good. All right. Perfect. Because I was obsessed with Nirvana growing up. So yeah, like there's a, there's an added layer of that for me. Like I for sure was also a huge ECW fan back, back when I was a kid too. But like I, I'm I'm from Philly, right. so like there was a certain Philly pride to ECW. That oh, you, that's the so you had like you were at the right. uh, you were like uh, the the mecca basically. Yeah, yeah. So, so you've seen live shows and everything, or yeah, dude. They they yeah they used to do like they used to do like their their B shows uh, in this in the uh, Northeast. My mom wouldn't let me go to the South Philly shows 
like because uh, she was afraid to drive around South. I was I was I was twelve years old. Like, okay. <laughs> so uh, she wasn't yeah. going to take me to South Philly. Yeah. Like, I bet it's 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 probably a really good thing that she was able to just drop me off at the shows and leave. Because yeah. if like if she would have brought me to a show where the whole crowd was screaming "Show your tits" at Francine, yeah. my mom would have been like, "What the hell? Why did I bring you here?" Yeah, it's game over for you after that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh man, for a 12 year old to see that live though, like if I was 13, 12, 13, I remember being really into wrestling then. If I would have seen ECW at that age, I would have just lost my mind. It's like, uh, but was it, was it just as good as, well, it's probably better live, I'm assuming. Yeah. Like the, like the whole like uh, electricity, the vibe of it, the whole Dude, like, uh, yeah. I still have very, <laughs> very vivid memories of uh, Super Crazy versus Tajiri. Yeah. Um, I think Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn yeah. on one of the shows. Um, he did anything Sabu uh, just yeah. flying, flying all over the place. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think I think Cronus versus Sabu. Okay. Like that, and then I I have a very clear memory. I've told this story on the podcast a bunch of times, but uh, one of the shows that I went to was at the Woodhaven Sports Center, mm -hmm. right? Which is which is it doesn't exist anymore, but right. it was where the the roller hockey team. The Philadelphia Bulldogs used to used to practice, and uh, there was a match that had PG thirteen, which was Jamie Dundee. Uh, they were they were the white guys in Nation of Domination. Okay. So th those guys, <laughs> they were doing what well, it very commonly known in wrestling, which I didn't know at the time. But like when a when a team when a team like does a lot of a lot of moves that come back to them, kind of like doing doing uh homoerotic spots with each other yes they'll go to hug or like they'll wind up like they'll wind up falling onto each yeah. other's crotch or something yeah, like, like that like a 69 kind of thing yeah. There. yeah 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 so they were doing a ton of those spots yeah. and everybody in the audience was screaming f word i'm not gonna say it. yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I, <laughs> so, I i get it right so then yeah. falafel falafel <laughs> so so then jamie dandy grabs the microphone and he goes just because you sucked one dick doesn't make you a <laughs> and the crowd went nuts yeah, the yeah, crowd yeah. went crazy yeah. even louder yeah. chanting the f word at him <laughs> and here here's me here's me 12 years old i've never i'd never said that word before yeah. i never i wasn't i wasn't participating i was like my mom would not be proud to see me here with these people <laughs> like i i knew that yeah. like it would probably make my mom upset if she knew she had dropped me off at a place where people were chanting faggot at these guys yeah, yeah. so yeah. so i so much for not saying it i guess so, yeah well i mean <laughs> it's Whoops, but, <laughs> but but then just then su su superimpose me saying falafel over it. You'll uh, be fine. And yeah. then and then Jamie Dundee grabs the microphone and he says, "Listen here, if we lose this match, I'm gonna suck every one of your guys' dicks <laughs> in the whole audience." And and then they lost the match, and the whole crowd started chanting, "Suck our dicks, suck uh, our dicks, suck yeah. our." And it was that was on TV, right? Because uh, I rem I remember that. No, um, I don't think that was on TV. I, they did they did something similar at one point, and like <laughs> I don't know, like I I remember. Must, I don't know if I'm remembering it wrong, but there was definitely I don't know. They they the crowd used to chant so many different things uh -huh. that maybe I'm remembering wrong. But like the way you describe it, I feel like I, I I've seen it. Like if it was there somehow, it, but I don't it, know. It was a house show. Okay. 
at, at the Woodhaven Sports Center. But I feel so, like they must have repeated it, like at the, uh, one uh, on pay per view or something. Like may, I don't know. maybe, maybe, yeah. uh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe. I mean, or some, it's just, or it's just like, yeah, of course, ECW uh, would do that. Therefore, uh, I assume that I might have already like heard. That. Uh, <laughs> like I'm no, not surprised. By an, an old heels getting heat spot. Look, the the, the whole idea of like the. <laughs> The homophobia of wrestling fans. Oh, yeah. The homophobia, not of just wrestling fans, but just of society in the yeah. early 90s. Yeah. Um, I can't believe how far we've come, and I'm so, so even, glad. Even, even Bret Hart would say homophobic stuff on Raw. Yeah, yeah. Like Shawn Michaels would. They, like, they would, like, you know, they would call each other the F word on Raw. Right. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it, it, uh, it, was, it was a really crazy time back then. It's, it's, a, it's a real relief to see how far we've come as a society. <laughs> In so I mean, little, well, I mean, it took a while to get there, but well, you know, from that point on to today, consider it a little bit of, like so little time, but still, like, I feel like it took WWE forever to catch up, even to women's rights in general. Right. Yeah. <laughs> human yeah. rights in yeah, general. Yeah, just human rights. Like, they're yeah. still not at human rights level with their right. like freelance contracting stuff and like, mm-hmm. uh, no, nobody gets benefits, you know, all that. Stuff. Like, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, uh, yeah. Just, I mean, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the entire business. Yeah. The entire business needs to be fixed, and I mean it. It's going to take a lot of awareness, and I think just yeah. now at this point, people are starting to become aware. Like on the independent level, the amount of exploitative nature, like the exploited nature of like somebody, somebody's going to try to run a show, and they're going to yeah. try to pay me little to nothing to do the show, so that they can sell tickets and they can make money. Yeah. But like, I just went out there and risked my entire life, my my career, yeah. my injuries. Like, and and somebody else is going to do it for nothing. So yeah. why pay? Why some? Why pay somebody who has expertise in it, who's been doing it for a really long time? If you can get somebody who's who's willing to risk their life for nothing, yeah. So it's it's it, it the 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 exploitive nature of the wrestling business, and yeah. I don't hate it. I don't hate the wrestling business. I don't think it owes me anything, yeah. but I absolutely know that it's not it's not a good life plan. It's not for you to go like, "Oh, I'm going to no. do that. I'm not gonna, I'm going to do that and I'm not going to have any backup plans." Which yeah. brings me to yeah. the fact that that's all I decided I ever wanted to do with my life yeah. when I was a kid and uh it it never earned me a living. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz like how, there the the funny thing is, like I always talk about the the amount of the amount of pe- like every school has a football team, every school has a basketball team, every school has a wrestling team, every every other sport, baseball, whatever. Like you can play that in your school, and if you want to take martial arts, there's a martial arts gym. Mm-hmm. Like in every every other strip mall you go to, you're going to see a martial arts gym. How often do you see a pro wrestling school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's like we're, there's so there's so few of us, but then there's so many of us compared to how many actual living wage jobs that there are yeah. in the wrestling business. So and it's surprising because wrestling is a billion dollar industry. That's which you know there uh, what other billion dollar industry do you know of? has like no means of actually entering it besides like moving somewhere mm-hmm. 
-hmm. or like uh, having to, to to travel great distances to learn it right, right. so it's like a, a here there's a, there's actually a wrestling school i'm from gatineau a little 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 town uh, next to ottawa and uh on the on the quebec side and actually Stu grayson and evil uno are from here from the dark order and they have a wrestling school here well and, they used uh, to ride they used to ride to philly with uh with kevin owens and el generico yeah and um and sexy eddie sexy eddie sexy eddie, eddie that's my I, guy i knew i knew those guys all back in the day i knew them yeah. um yeah. 2003 ish probably yeah. Yeah. um I mean, I was I was just a young buck, yeah. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if. Well, I knew I know like I know Rami Sammy would remember me, but uh, I don't I don't let's, know about all the other ones. Let's talk about Sexy Eddie for a minute. What a oh guy. yeah oh Sexy Eddie <laughs> Sexy Eddie too because him and I still talk on Facebook every once in a while. I I actually I, I spoke to him for the first time. I posted some old pictures that my mom had from wrestlers from the seventies, and he actually commented on it. And I got to tell him like I love you, Sexy Eddie, and it was the highlight <laughs> of my year. <laughs> I've seen him wrestle, uh, you know, like C four from uh, the organization from Ottawa. Uh, I I'm familiar with its existence. Right. So like uh, the, the wrestlers that I've seen go, uh, work through there, Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, uh, uh, Brody Lee wrestled there. Mm -hmm. uh, Cesaro did some matches there. Uh, who else? Uh, uh, Biff Busick before he was called the well, only Lorcan, only Lorcan. But mm -hmm. when he was Biff Busick, way better name, by the way, Biff Busick, like <laughs> right. so much better. <laughs> right. Well, um, yeah. So like I saw, I saw, I, we saw him like not long before he was signed by WWE. Like, and we're like, that guy's a star. Like the second I saw him, I'm like, he's going to get signed somewhere. Well, um, <clears throat> he was, he was at one point the CZW champ. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. He, one of my, one of my best friends, uh, feuded with him for the title. Um, okay. uh, Sozio, do you know who that Nico? I've Sozio? heard the name. I've heard the name. I don't think okay. uh, I've seen him wrestle. <clears throat> okay. Well, yeah. he, he doesn't wrestle no more. Oh, okay. I, I'm the only one out of all of my friends who still does it. Everybody else has gotten out. Oh, I'm in the same boat. I'm 20 years in. Nobody else does what I do with slices. We've been kids there. So it's like, I'm the only one. Eddie Kingston used to call himself the last of a dying breed. Yeah. But um, I think I'm going to start using it. Oh, I'm yeah. going to start. Oh, who start used that recently? I saw, I saw somebody, the last of a dying breed, like John Moxley called somebody that or like who there was somebody. Anyways, I saw an article. Somebody used that term like last week, okay. so I, I, I clicked like when you when you said that. Anyways, um, yeah, um, but yeah, sexy Eddie and his uh, his uh, when he was drinking the blood there from the the, the uh, rain gushing. Yeah, I was like, there. I was there that day. <laughs> this guy, you saw everything. You've seen the whole history of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what else I was there for? Yeah, the, the very famous John Zandig. Jesus. Gee, um, I was, you're just like you're so like basically all the cool things happen in Philly. Is what you're <laughs> was that uh, that was all in Philly, right? I think that some of that was in Delaware, honestly. I okay, think. okay. Uh, but yeah, well, I mean, also uh, a lot, a lot of the old CCW clan from when I first started, yeah, a lot of them are dying now. A lot of them are yeah. passing away. So I mean, I, they, they mutilated themselves. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it it's it sucks though. I mean, it yeah. sucks that that lots of lots of the people that I have all right. these fond memories of aren't with us anymore. Yeah. But um, so that that lends more to my feeling like I am one of the last of a dying breed. Okay. Because because my my generation, 
my generation is all all dying off. Uh, yeah, uh, no, not a lot of music people die off uh, necessarily, but mm-hmm. uh, definitely, uh, I don't know. To be a guy that's twenty years in, it's getting like to be a rare a rarity. So I come from a place where it's like a government town, uh, blue collar construction workers, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. So I I actually have like a government day job. I mm-hmm. uh, work four days a week. And um, yeah, so it's like, a, it's a situation where it's like, if you're not settled by 30, it's like, well, what are you doing with your life? Like we, mm-hmm. it's like, we like to think that here we're like liberal, but there's a conservative mentality that people are in denial of. Do, do uh, you know who Kurt Spenrath is? No. He's a, he's a, a documentary filmmaker in Canada. Okay. Um, I had him on my podcast and he was, he was, he was talking to me about, Man, this was a long time ago, but something about like, like Republican is is Democrat and Democrat is Republican. So like, absolutely, the, the, yeah. the, the, they're yeah. kind of switched there. Like yeah. the the like liberal mindset of yeah. like Americans yeah. versus like the liberal mindset of Canadians are yeah. are different. Yeah, it's very different. It's not the same thing. Uh, people call themselves liberals here, but I view them as very conservative. Uh, there's a lot of homophobia, a lot of racism, uh, a lot of xenophobia, uh, all that stuff. It's, it's very well and alive here. Uh, we, when I grew up, like, first, let's say, but, but, but Brent Hart said, yeah. said in his promos that there wasn't any racism and, and that everybody loved each other oh, man, what a, what each a, on the streets. What a great he was guy. Just, he was just, he was just selling a false reality of what Canada of is. I don't know, like especially he's from Calgary. Like I don't want to bash Calgary, but it's like that's cowboy country, you know. Uh-huh. It's like uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of redneck type stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, congratulations if you're a redneck. It's not for me necessarily, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, growing up, uh, to be honest, when I was younger, uh, let's say I'm 36 now, when I was in elementary school, um, I didn't I didn't see a black person until my early, like you know, maybe 13, 14, 15 years old. Wow. So it's like, uh, and then immigration started happening after that. And then that's when like a lot of xenophobia came in where I'm from because people like, well, what's that? A black person? Like it's, it was really like almost that sheltered. Like if you saw one black person, one Asian person growing up, it was like, what is that? You know, mm. it was that bad here. So, uh, but yeah, like now it's all, it's a lot more diverse, but the, I, I would say like the, a the lot left, of le- leftover of, shit, there's, there's tons of leftover older generations passing it down to their kids. Like it's, right. there's a lot of that going on. <clears throat> I'm trying to check with that. Was that a, is that triple H behind you? I uh, know that's Kenny Omega and uh, his uh, Terminator entrance from New Japan. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, right. uh, that's, uh, I found that picture on the internet and printed it out framed it myself so you can't find that anywhere well it looks like there's glare on it so i really can't see i just see boots that are like legs that are spread apart yeah so here, I it- let me uh, I'll, I'll close the window Wait. <laughs> so that's some hardcore fandom though i did, I did absolutely nothing <laughs> they're still there no all right well yeah it's like uh i, I said remember, that's that was from his uh when he was Wrestling Okada, I think, in one of the main events there. The Wrestle Kingdom uh, nine yeah. or something. Yeah, his, his Terminator entrance with the the shotgun. Yeah, um, I was. Uh, 
Well, I think it's really cool that you have such fandom. I I'm uh, I appreciate I appreciate how cool that is that you like went to the effort to print that thing out yourself and frame it yourself. Yeah, like every everything that's in my house besides my vinyl, I have like 12 15 uh, frames. It's all printed out myself uh framed. It cost me a bunch of money there, but I'm like, yeah, I got to use my government money for something, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I'm like also obsessed with like owning unique things or like not owning them, but just like trying to do as unique things as possible. And that goes into my art or like how I decorate things, I guess. It's just like, I don't know. I'm like, uh, or getting tattoos. Like I can't get a tattoo that somebody else would get. Like it has to be like a completely unique thing mm-hmm. or I don't know. It's like I'm attracted to that stuff. I want to feel special, you know? Yeah, dude, you're, you're <laughs> making, you're making you're making and writing your own history. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I like to live in my own world because, for the most part, I think the world's kind of shit. Well, uh, I mean, no, you you yeah. have more control over it. You yeah, have more exactly. control over it if you if you live in it yourself. If it's yeah. your own world. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I don't know. I have, uh, yeah, I've always gravitated towards like you know trying to do unique things, and uh, it's, it's I'm always going to be an artist. It's always going to follow me. I'm never going to quit this. Obviously, if I quit this after 20 years, it's, like, it's just a it's been a big old waste of time there. So I can't quit this at this point. Uh, I actually quit music three times in my life though. Like I took breaks. I took mm-hmm. breaks for some some periods. It was too much. I couldn't handle it. Like uh, trying to uh, consistently get either I would try to get I used to tour with bands I used to work with video game composers I used mm-hmm. to live in Montreal for 6 years where that's more of the industry for that but everybody's competing and there's so little positions right. so you basically burn out after a while trying to like line up contract after contract cuz permanent positions are rare right uh, oh, it's you, same as wrestling you're just it's the same exact thing yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's the same it's exact just, thing you're you're uh, you're not you're an independent contractor yeah. you don't you're never an employee anywhere. You never have security. Yeah. Uh, even totally when, even when you make it to the big leagues, you don't even get that. Right. You're <laughs> you're you're a gig worker. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why you need that that uh, Monday through Friday or whatever you have the yeah. the uh, day job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My uh, not a big fan of my day job. I'll be honest. I've been I've been my life goal is to make this music producer thing work. Uh, and then so I can do that full time. Like that's the, that's always been the goal. I haven't achieved it yet. It's frustrating though. Cause you see some guys like, like in any artistic field, some guys make it in three years and then some guys work at 30 years. They never make it. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they're not talented. It's like a, a question of like, how hard did you push for the networking? Your it's, oppor- it's, you know, it's timing. It's this, yeah. <laughs> that's how I feel about me. Yeah. This, like the, the, with the wrestling thing, like I, so when I said I've been as Corey Castle for 19 years, like yeah. I, I started wrestling years before, like I started training when I was 14. Yeah. So for 23 years, uh, only, so 23 years doing this versus 14 years, not doing this, yeah. I've been doing this way longer. And it's like, Oh, it's, should I chalk it up to I didn't make anything because I'm not good or yeah. because I wasn't the right person in the right place at the right time. Yeah. It has a lot to do with timing, but right. you, you like you know, like the 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 cliche. You have to create your own opportunities. You have to create your own luck. I do believe in that. After a while, mm-hmm. where it's like if you're not like like I was saying earlier, like trying to get as quick as quick as possible, making the best quality as quick as possible. Like you know, it's it's all like getting ready in case something shows up. You're ready to go. You know, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that your mom? Yes. <laughs> Put her on. <laughs> Uh. 
If that's your mom, tell her, tell her Squirty says hi. She'll okay. be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be very thrilled about <laughs> Squirty saying hi. Yeah. So w- what's your favorite kind of music? Like, what are you most into? Right. So, um, like, what's your, what's like your artist that you grew up in, yeah. like into? So I, so I, I, I remember my very first, first, first music that I really got into was Daft Punk. Before I got into rock music was Daft Punk. Uh, I was obsessed with the song Around the World, which is like the most annoying song ever. Around the world, yeah. around the world. It's like world. a lot of people consider that like one of their worst songs. But at the time, I did not agree. I had like the, the bootleg single of that song and everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so that, that was like the first thing. I remember Around the World, Daft Punk, which is probably where I got like because I never really listened to to sort of like electronic techno music all that much. I, I used to listen to Kraftwerk and, uh, you know, bands like that or like weird German electronic music. Mm-hmm. But when I was, when I started playing instruments, that was like, uh, at, at, well, I started playing instruments at 16, but I started listening to rock music at 13. I remember it was because of Highway to Hell, um, well, the song Highway to Hell from ACDC because of SummerSlam 98, Austin <laughs> Taker. Right. The, the theme was Highway to Hell. I'm like, what the hell is this? This is amazing. And then I had a friend who was my age, but I didn't know that he was like a rock head. And he had like Alice Cooper, Kiss. Like he was into all these bands. He had all the CDs. And I just, I, I showed him the song one day. He's like, do you know what this is? And he's like, yeah, I have that album. And then he gave me Highway to Hell, uh, the album. And he gave me a live album of ACDC. And that's how I started. Uh-huh. And then after that, I went on to Metallica and then uh, Kiss. I was really into Kiss, Alice Cooper. I basically got into what my friend was into because uh, that's what I had access to. And then at 16, I started playing. I saw like this uh, this band in my high school, like sort of like a high school uh, talent show. And then it was like a band of like just a bunch of guys my age with long hair playing uh, like Ride the Lightning or Master of Puppets. I don't remember which one. And I'm like, what the hell is this? This is the coolest shit ever. <laughs> and then, yeah, so that from that point on, I, I was asking everybody, like, I need, I want to find a guitar. And then at 16, I found one, started playing. And um, yeah, did I remember you, back then. Did you then, grow your hair like, long? Uh, yeah, I had, I was like, a, I, was, I wanted to look like Kurt Cobain back then. So like, oh. I got into Nirvana around that time after I discovered these rock bands. And then I got into Nirvana and I got into System of a Down. It was the new metal phase when I started playing. So like I was like playing like I learned all the System of a Down songs on guitar. And that's how I learned how to play guitar initially. And then I would learn like, uh, you know, Metallica songs. I learned like, uh, you know, Master Puppets, Kill Em All type songs. And then uh, I got into experimental music not long after that. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard like a Mr. Bungle, Mike Patton, like that stuff. It's like a weirdo type music where it's like there's 10 different genres of music in one song. Okay. Um, and it's like constantly switching. It's funny. It's brash. It's abrasive. It's cool. It's like, uh, it's, it's like no other. It's like um, Frank Zappa, but more angry. Like, I don't know if you ever heard from the Frank oh, yeah. Zappa. Yeah. I know Frank Zappa. Yeah, yeah, Frank Zappa. Like, that's that was Frank Zappa. I discovered only in my mid 20s, actually. That was later. Uh, and yeah, so like I had like these phases, and then I got into like more violent music, like Converge, uh, all, all that heavier stuff, mm-hmm. and um, like more hardcore metal. 
And then I moved to Montreal in my early 20s. And then I went to sound engineering school, which I met some people that introduced me to guys that were in bands in Montreal. And then through them, uh, I toured with a band. I worked with a band called Priestess for a while. I don't know if you, uh, it's a Canadian band that's not around anymore, but they were like really onto things back then. Mm -hmm. So I toured with them. And then through that, the lead singer, my friend Mikey, uh, he introduced me to the world of prog rock from the 70s Whoa. a lot. Okay. So I, I got into that, like uh, Gentle Giant and then Frank Zappa, King Crimson, yes, like uh, a, a lot of like a lot more weirdo type bands. And that really helped me develop not necessarily skills, but understanding how phrasing works and how to place notes in mm -hmm. more unconventional ways. Uh, like, because they were like the most, un back then in the 70s, it was the most unique musicians still to this day. Uh, there, there's nobody that touches those musicians in my mind. It was like, I don't know what it was about that era. It was like a post-war kind of era of freedom. But at the same time, there was like, uh, Frank Zappa is my God. And he was like a counterculture counter counterculture kind of guy where he was like against the hippies in the time where it was like hippie time you know mm. so he would like do shows and only hippies would come to his shows but he's constantly just making fun of them but they don't get it so so he's like he's always like a step ahead of every of everything that guy and uh, he was like frank zappa was a republican who was pro-war it was like the, the weirdest there's the weirdest guy it's just like the most talented artist ever but at the same time super political republican conservative it's just like it doesn't make any sense but i love him you know um dude anyway the, yes so that's that, yeah 70s feel on anything like especially yeah. when it comes to like music like if you go and watch like forrest gump or if yeah. you go watch like just period pieces from that time like yeah. uh you ever see uh lords of dogtown yep so it's like anytime like the soundtrack's over, whatever they're doing, it just feels so right. It just feels like, oh man, I wonder what that it what it felt like in that time. It felt like there was a everything was gritty. Time it was, yeah. it was it was everything was gritty. Like the, that's the, a lot of digital the, the the you know digital space created democracy and art, which mm -hmm. is good because everybody can do it, but it created the shittiest content of all time also because right. because everybody can do it like right. that's that's the thing is like back then being a musician was like you know being a successful musician was i would say a lot harder than today because today you can build an independent fan base on your own if you put in the work right it's a, it's a, it was a, more of an elite Exactly. Thing. It was like being a musician, like being like a patient was like way more elite than it is now because now mm -hmm. every like, you know, your, your, your 12 year old cousin could make beats on Fruity Loops and sell them for 500 bucks, you know? So it's like, but <clears throat> there's, yeah, it was much more like if you wanted a record deal back then, you needed to be like tip top mm -hmm. talent. It's like, uh, they didn't really care in, uh, as much about the looks. Like you would have like these guys in bands like making these amazing songs and they look like complete shit and it was amazing. It's like because they didn't give a shit back then. And that's a, that's the thing like the society's become so narcissistic and so image driven and it's it seeped into all of art and, and then like, you know, musicians that aren't necessarily good looking, they have a way harder time than like a pretty girl on TikTok uh, doing dances that could like, you know, break, break up, like, you know, they could blow up for no reason, you know? So it's, it's, like, <clears throat> it's like you're not it's if if that's also happening like it's also creating like unhealthy perceptions of uh like beauty 
And uh, there's so much mental health issues within mm -hmm. our society nowadays. It's like Frank Zappa used to say back in the 70s or 80s, like he believed that 95% uh, of the world was mentally ill. And that was back then. So I would say today, I would say 99% of the world is mentally ill. <laughs> like we've just, we've just like completely lost it. Like technology has like made us go insane pretty much. And a lot of people don't realize to what extent I think it's like caused a lot of like, like I have a 16 year old sister. Uh, we're 20 years apart and I see like, you know, social media, like I, I wouldn't want to be a kid growing up now because I used to be a lot more insecure. I had like a, a lot of issues, like a mental health stuff and mental illness. I still do. I'm not going to lie, but it's, I, I, I'm able to control a lot more. But back then, if I was a kid with that stuff, like I, I was a fat kid, I was getting teas and all that stuff. And I couldn't imagine having to deal with that on social media where pe like right. 50 people at a time your, are going to say that stuff. You know? Your unpopularity follows you home. Like oh, I, yeah. could, I yeah. couldn't imagine at all having Facebook when I was in high school. No, like, no, I can't. Not yeah. at all. Yeah, I would have fallen apart, bro. <laughs> it's like, right. yeah, I guess, I guess, like a lot of these kids are probably tougher than me growing up in a way because they mm -hmm. can deal with that kind of bullshit. But it's like everybody's obsessed with their phones. I'm obsessed with my phone, but well, I, I, well, I need I to be obsessed because of networking and business mm -hmm. stuff. Like you know, you have oh, a, well, you have a business device in your hands right. at all times. I, I say I say the same thing. It's like, well, I'm trying to. Be, I'm a public figure. I'm trying to get my yeah. name out there. I'm trying to stay connected yeah. with. Whoever wants to consume what I'm putting yeah. out there, yeah. uh, you know. But at the same time, it's like probably, probably for these kids who don't have any idea of what the real world is yeah. beyond who you know, beyond who's on their Facebook friends and the people that they surround themselves with. It's like it amplifies every problem yeah. by a hundred, like a hundred percent more of a big problem than it needed to be yeah. because because that's all you know yeah and uh, yeah and uh, the point also that like the phone has killed off all need to experience boredom and melancholy uh i was i was watching this guy talking about melancholy the other day and he said like melancholy is a huge part of human history and human evolution mm -hmm. and because now we have a device in our pockets that basically Oh, like when we're feeling sad or lonely, depressed or whatever, we can turn to, and then it just takes it away, right? Yeah, it's bore like, boredom yeah. doesn't exist anymore. Exactly, and it's like, like uh, be, bore be bored or be wrong sometimes. Like, uh, that's it's fine. It's fine yeah. to bored or be wrong sometimes. I think that that like like sort of fix to boredom the 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 technology brings is detrimental to our resilience. Uh, mm -hmm. mental resilience you know because mm -hmm. it's like uh, I, I i but i i say that but at the same time when i was a kid there was video games for that and mm -hmm. if you're always like an indoor kid you're always escaping through video games so i i was really a video game kid growing up but as i grew older i let that go because i kind of realized like it's, it's a total drug like any other thing and for our generation now it's it's the phone the phone has replaced that and there's a lot more people gaming on on their 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 phones which like i i never do like i, I never go to that uh I feel like I'm like really pushing hard to get consumed by what I'm trying to do as much as possible because or else it's, it, it feels like you can easily fall into these like distractive traps there all the time. And, uh, yeah. Well, I say, I say this a lot and I, uh, anybody listening, forgive me if you heard me say it a billion times, but prepare for a billion and one. I, 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 I haven't heard it. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, I know I'm, I know I was never good at video games. Yeah. Like I love playing some games, 
but I knew that I wasn't good at them. And I knew right. that like, I wasn't going to get far in it and I would continue to lose over and over and over again and not progress. And then feel like this isn't productive. Yeah. This is not, this is not serving me in a productive yeah. way. Yeah. So I would just stop playing. Yeah. And, and I'd, say that i have to probably apply that to like the over stimulation from yeah. games on my phone yeah i can't uh yeah if i play a game now i feel after like a half an hour i feel sick because i'm like why am i why why am i doing this mm -hmm. and it's also a getting older thing like i know like i don't want to like uh, bash anybody that plays games nowadays like it's I mean, people do whatever wants you know makes them feel happy that's great for me though it's like i feel like i'm just eating up in my time to like you said being productive uh, I, I like to put out content as regularly as possible. And it's like, if I'm not doing that, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I just feel, I don't feel right. Um, which is a blessing in a way. Cause that's what you want. If you're an artist, that's exactly what you want. Like, <laughs> yeah. You, like, you want yeah. the fire under your ass. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <clears throat> so wh what did you, you want to, you want to yeah, go on like a, a, a last subject and wrap it up, I guess, or uh, you no, want to keep I'm, going? I, yeah, I'm, I'm not, in any, right. I'm not okay. in any, in any pinch, but okay. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, I know you're, you're, you're from, from the, from the idea of it, I'm getting all from all over the place. So I don't really know. I'm that. all over the place. I'll tell you right so, now. <laughs> so, so you have a sister that's 20 years younger than you. Yeah. So does, are they the same two parents? No. Or, okay. Different, different dad. Okay. Yeah. So did you grow up with both your parents or did you? Yeah. So my parents, my, how did my, all that work yeah, out for you? My parents divorced when I was 16. Uh, right I around the time where you started discovering angry music and oh, growing your hair. Oh, hair what, a, what a coincidence, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> oh, there's some yeah, of that I, angst. That's why I was so into Nirvana. I'm like, I need, I inject that angst right into my veins. Right. I need it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I didn't, I, I had a very, uh, had a very dysfunctional childhood, uh, caused a lot of like mental, mental issues, uh, later on in life that I had to deal with, mm -hmm. but yeah, like, it's like a, um, it was a, uh, very, uh, unstable household. And then, uh, my parents divorced when I was 16 and then I kind of went on a tear there for a couple of years where I was not not the happiest camper and uh but that's where i was developing my art stuff at the same time so it had like a, a positive impact now that i look back on it uh -huh. it taught me about passion it taught me about hurt it taught me about emotion it taught me how to like put this hurt into music mm -hmm. and i will always keep that that vibe of like the chip on the shoulder against the world thing and put it into my music because i find like that's the most compelling art you can make is like uh, I heard a, th a therapist online. I was like watching this YouTube random YouTube video. This therapist said that the society is uh, obsessed with the light mm -hmm. and we sh shine away darkness at every chance that we get. But if you're an artist, that's the absolute worst approach you can have because you need, you need both. You need the dark. Now I'm not saying you need to suffer. I'm saying that you need to understand the darkness as much as you need to understand the light and you need to combine both in everything that you do. And that's going to speak to people. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, there's, there's this man. I consider him like a, like a mentor to me. He's a yeah. very wise man. And he once said to me, uh, the roots of the tree are just as much 
a part of the tree than the rest that you see. As Mr. Miyagi said that. And he said something about, well, I, I've never talked to Mr. Miyagi. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but he's like, just, uh, just having a relationship with your darkness. So, yeah, you have to. So, yeah. uh, you know, forgive who you need to forgive. And I just, actually, I just did this on stage last week. And I was talking about, I was talking about how we live in Philadelphia, which yeah. is known as the city of brotherly love. When I talk to my friends, a lot of my friends don't get along with their brothers. Okay. <laughs> like I talked to somebody who's like, yeah, I fucking hate my brother. Yeah. Another guy, I hate my brother. And I was like, I, I, I love my brother. I tell him I love him every single day. I hug my brother every single day. Every single day, we, we never miss a chance to tell each other that we love each other. And, uh, <laughs> and the one guy was like, I've never hugged my brother. <laughs> like, like, you got, like, there's got to be a way that, like, just forgive things without, yeah. without even, without even the, like, the prompt. Yeah. Like somebody doesn't have to apologize to you. Like you're just sitting around waiting for an apology. You're yeah. going to be doing a ton of sitting around and you'll never, you'll never get that time back that you're sitting yeah. around. Yeah. So, well, while we've got this time, while mm -hmm. you're alive and your brother's alive, mm -hmm. make up, yeah. make up with each other. Yeah. Like all of that is, all of that shit is inconsequential to like how much, how fleeting this life is. Oh yeah. Like, uh, uh, letting go of things is a really hard thing for a lot of people. I'm, I like, I, I've learned it the hard way over the years. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm probably, I'm, I'm probably not a hundred percent with it. Like I have like some, some vengeance thoughts about this and that, or like some, uh, you know, spiteful th thoughts and that, that's all your ego controlling you. Uh, but controlling your ego uh, as uh, once you've had like mental illness issues and then like that plays into it. And it's, it gets like really tiring after a while. It's exhausting. And I can see why people don't want to dive deep and face certain things in themselves because it's, it's, it's hard work. It's very hard work. Well, because then you yeah. have to relive the hurt. Yeah. You yeah, have to exactly. relive the hurt. And like you said, so many people have the relationship where they, they shun it. They shun yeah. that, they shun that pain. So, uh, like the, the, the hard work is inside of you and it yeah. doesn't, and it doesn't ever, doesn't ever end yeah and, I, and i've i've said it on the podcast a million times and i hope it becomes like a a thing that everyone says and quotes me on it yeah there's 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 billions of dollars in the industry of self-help yeah there's there's yeah. a self-help section in the bookstore but you'll never find a self self-fix section in the bookstore because yeah. it doesn't exist you have to continue to work you have to continue to help yourself yeah, it's like the the self help book should just like be one page that says like figure it out yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Regan Brian Regan did a bit on his newest special where he said he went to the bookstore and he asked he asked the girl that worked there where the self help section was and she yeah. went, you know what, I'm gonna let you figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we a lot of people look for answers outside themselves. 
Um, certain things can help. You can get a good advice for, for different things. But if you're not really willing to dive in and do the work and dig all that stuff out yourself, like nobody's going to do it for you. A therapist can help you. Um, well, that was, a, you know, but that was what I was going to ask. Did you, yeah. did you get into therapy? Did you, well, yeah, I am. I, I see I, all of last year, I was seeing a therapist every week. Uh, actually, uh, I'm getting back into therapy in the next few weeks. Um, is, is that all, is that all free in Canada? There, uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, it, my, my one year therapy was actually free because there's a service here through our, our uh, um, yeah, healthcare system where, uh, if you're really in an emergency, you can get a government paid therapist and it's free. And it, I actually got like a, uh, maybe eight or nine years, uh, months worth of, of uh, therapy. Uh, so that's really a luxury. Um, right. but now yeah. it's like, I, now that, that those, I think there was like 15 sessions all, all in all. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, the, the same therapist that I was with has now gone private and now I'm going to hire her to continue my, my oh, therapy. Cool. Uh, those, they make like, uh, 140 bucks an hour it's costing. And I'm like, I, when I was in college, I was studying psychology and I'm like, I think I chose the wrong path. Like I would be so rich. Like mental <laughs> health is such a lucrative industry. <laughs> <laughs> How do I exploit these ill yeah. books? I, it's, I was thinking after I went, when I found out the, the amount of money that it costs per hour, I was like, isn't it absolutely insane that we live in a world where you have to pay somebody to feel better about the world? <laughs> it's insane. It's completely <laughs> insane. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Hang on with me here just a second. I'm going to, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to have you, uh, have to have you kill some time here. Okay. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm still I'm still squirty LaFlo. Nothing has changed since an hour ago. Ah oh, crap. <laughs> well, well there I go. I guess I, I've been right now, to censor. I've now been censored. So <laughs> talk about talk about how you came up with the name Squirty LaFlo. I didn't come up with it, a friend of mine did. Well what what uh what made you start using it? Uh, cause it's just an absurd name and I'm, I'm an absurdist. I love comedy. I'm a comedian myself, not nowhere near professional. I just do it for fun. Uh, so we were doing a, about, I think it was eight, seven or eight years ago. We were doing a, a sketch comedy video, uh, called the date drape, which was a dating show. And, um, we came up with a bunch of names to put in the end credits and we, you know, made just, we, we were big fans of just making up names. And, uh, he, uh, my friend actually came up with a uh, squirrel flow just out of the blue and squirrel flow initially was a delusional DJ who absolutely sucked, but he thought he was the greatest shit in the world. So it's kind of like a, like a David Brent from the office, but DJ form. And, uh, yeah, so it came from there and, uh, he just, you know, blurted it out, squirrel flow. Uh, if you want to know the specifics of it, the character would actually do like the, the, this is like, if, if there's any, any, uh, women listening to this, like just shut this whole thing off. It's going to be too graphic. <laughs> so it's like the guy would go like this, he would do the Spider-Man and then he would squirt water out of his mouth while doing it. So it's, it literally comes from squirting. Obviously I'm not, I don't think I'm, uh. I don't, I don't think I'm uh, surprising anybody from that. And he just came up with Squirrel Flow. It sounded like a clown's name to me. And uh, the guy was a clown. So I just uh, adopted it. And uh, yeah, Squirrel Flow. That's it. I mean, I'm sorry. That's it. That's just a reality. Hello? I've... <laughs> 
I like that I just told this story uh, alone no, with nobody listening. This is going to be this going to be the highlight of the whole thing, I think. Hello. Hey. Hello. Yeah, you missed my uh, my whole Squirrel Flow story. That's okay. I just uh, by the way, if you're going to play it back, I actually explained to the people that yes, it comes from squirting. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I thought it had something to do with music. No. <laughs> no, no, it's like <laughs> it's a it's a dilute like I'm going to repeat it for you just cuz you weren't there, but it's a it was the name of a character in a comedy skit. It was a delusional DJ and my friend just came up with the name Squirrel Flow and he would do the Spider-Man thing like this. Mhm. Mm you know. Oh, okay. Squirt, you know what I mean? Uh -huh, like uh Uh-huh. You know, I'm not. Uh -huh. Well, I got into the details earlier, actually, so you can watch it back. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And then he and then he would like spit water out of his mouth while doing it. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And and then it was just Squirrel Flow, and it sounded like a clown's name. So I'm just like, uh -huh. it's like an absurdist name, and I just like it. Nobody's well, like, ever nobody's ever going to be called Squirrel Flow. A and, clown uh, with like a squirty flower. <clears throat> La flower. Yeah. La flower. Yeah, 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 like the Joker, like Squirrel Flow. But yeah, the, yeah I, I was like, I got way more into like graphic details earlier while you were gone. Oh, I kept, that's fine. I, I, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm better off not hearing them. I know. I, I went like misogynistic, and I said, like, the women that are listening to this, turn this off. I got to protect your virgin ears. Oh, you know? well, <laughs> you know, I hope, I hope everybody's got virgin ears. I mean. Yeah, I I, mean, uh, I sure don't anymore. I'll tell you that. I got like I got ear problems on the right side. I actually go have to go to ear uh, ear specialist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because well, when that's I was younger, like the, that's like a nightmare of a music a musician. Oh yeah, ear problems. But at the same time, I always tell myself Beethoven was deaf. So there's always hope. <laughs> He's making it up. He's making, he told he told himself that. Oh yeah, yeah. He could only uh, I think like he could only hear 5% and he could only feel the bass of the music he would compose. And uh true story. True story. <laughs> but he he just knew music theory, I think. That was it. but I'm like, how did you learn music theory in the first place if you couldn't hear what the notes were? Do do you know it, what uh what I think of whenever I hear Beethoven? Yeah. What? I think I think of Bill and Ted right away. First okay. thing. Yeah, first yeah. thing I think is Beethoven yeah, Beethoven. <laughs> when I think of when I think of Beethoven, I think of uh, Clockwork Orange. Actually, oh. okay. the the fifth, the fifth. That's all. That's all that movie's about is Beethoven's fifth. I, I haven't I haven't seen that movie since like I was in middle school, so oh, I don't really? remember anything from it. Yeah, I've, I've done I've done a lot of uh, I've I filled my bump card up pretty hard since. Yeah. That. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you're. Uh, have you uh, had the concussion problems in your career? Tons, tons of yeah, concussions. Yeah, this guy can't well, think straight anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, I just guess. I don't. I never like. I don't have a document of how many concussions I've had, but my guess would be somewhere around thirty. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. I well, well. In the in the beginning years, I remember coming back from every match from every show. And not remembering any of it, so that sure. must have been concussions. Good for you, and you haven't even killed your family. Congratulations! Not, no, not yet. <laughs> that was a bad no. joke. I no. take it back. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, <laughs> what is taking it back going to do? I know. <laughs> I've, I've messed up my whole career right now. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm canceled. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, you you gotta be somebody before you can get canceled, right? Hey, it's this is Squirrel Flow you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. Act act accordingly. You're yeah, talking yeah. to Squirrel Flow. I know. I'm not even. I'm not even in the biz technically. My head's just out of control. My, well, you know. I yeah. Uh, I <laughs> I I I know that I don't have residual damage from my concussion. Okay. Because ten years ago, yeah, I had brain surgery. And after the, that, the brain surgery was due to something I was born with. So it was okay. not, had nothing to do with the, the reason, uh, it, nothing to do with the, the, the head traumas or any of that. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, th- then, uh, they did a bunch of scans and they were like, wow, you're good. Do you can no, do it. No Go CTE back. or no, none of that. No, none of that. You're lucky. <sighs> Thank you're goodness. Very, you're very lucky. Yeah. I I mean, this is this is honestly, I have to say, one of the one of the one of, not the reason, one of the reasons I wanted to have this platform, this yeah. pod this podcast, and I, I started doing it in 2017. Uh the one of the reasons I wanted to start doing this was because I wanted to have me on the record as actually me, like as me being like the right sound mind and body yeah, and having conversations with people who fascinate me. And yeah. f- for sure, the fact that like you hit me up and like you said, you hit up a bunch of wrestlers. Yeah. You saw me and saw I was a wrestler. So wanted to hit me up and see about doing a theme for me. The thing is, man, I, I, uh, I, 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 I'm a, I appreciate your, hustle and appreciate your your fandom your 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 grit and determination and your dream Mm -hmm. i and i definitely wanted to make sure i gave you a platform and an opportunity to speak Mm -hmm. and get your stuff over because it's for sure something that's passionate to you yeah and and that 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 feeds my spirit a little bit (laughs) Oh well, that's good. I appreciate it, and uh, I'm 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 glad that I actually get to to talk to some wrestlers nowadays because mm-hmm. I had never had contact with any wrestler before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always wish I had some wrestler friends, uh, all, the, all all that stuff there. So it's like eventually it might come, but uh, around where I'm from, it's like wrestling's not as big as it used to be. So it's not like uh, like I'm I I'll, I'll be honest with you, I I'm working a lot more towards being in wrestling than actually watching wrestling mm-hmm. nowadays like i i work to be in the in the business more than i consume it like i'll watch AEW. i never watch wwe um uh, maybe so I, I had like a new japan phase when kenny was uh, over there for a few years mm-hmm. um but besides that like uh you know when i, I I'll, I'll watch pay-per-views uh i haven't watched raw or smackdown in forever um but yeah so it's like i'm i'm working towards like uh, participating and not necessarily consuming all that much. Well, and yeah, <laughs> I I co-host a pro wrestling podcast where we talk about like the the wrestling news and stuff. Yeah, and, and that's called Wrestle Rock. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna if you wanna produce a theme for that podcast, yeah, that's up. Absolutely something. I'm welcome to to have you come and not only do that, but like come on the show and hang with us. But. Okay. Uh, but what? that's like a that's a show where you like you're talking like wrestling weekly wrestling or yeah yeah okay. we okay. Well, I mean we also do watch alongs for the pay per views yeah. and things like that we haven't done any AEW watch alongs or anything we okay. mostly just do WWE pay per views okay. and stuff but uh, um 
I I do I do watch AEW. I I kind of I I've been I've been making a lot of friends who are big fans. So I want to see like what and also I listen to Jim Cornette as well. So I want to be able to like know what's being talked about and what's that's relevant. Like, that's stuff. to get your dose of hatred into <laughs> yeah. your veins. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I, I come a little, I'm, I'm, I'm right in the generation where I'm a little old school and a little new school. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I don't fit either one of the generations. Yeah. So like, I mean, I, I broke in, in, in the two thousands and not in the, not in the 1900s. So I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm right on the fence there with what I can make sense of and what I can't. Yeah, like the those like seventies, uh, you know, sixties, seventies, eighties purists, right? Yeah, uh, they're you know, it's like that's a whole different world. That's like wrestling to them was like gospel, like you know, back when wrestlers used to say different hotels and all that stuff. So, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we just gotta keep the heels and the faces yeah. separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I was thinking about doing this thing yesterday, and maybe just conceptualizing um, this this premise where it's like. Never before have so many how have so many people liked the nerd stuff that I like before. Yeah. Like I've never come across as many wrestling fans. Like what like growing up, I was the I was the only long haired kid and everybody hated me. I was a I was a like a skinny fat weirdo with yeah. with with long hair and thick glasses <laughs> but but now everybody likes what i like and it's like all right so i i'm a, a a purist but at the same time it's like all right i can share this with you like yeah. I, we can all be friends that's it's funny because that's the complete opposite experience for me i knew yeah. a lot more people that i like wrestling when i was younger and barely know any now <clears throat> it was the complete uh different uh different uh path you'd say um yeah i don't know maybe i'll you know i don't i don't have like a social circle like i'm constantly working on stuff and i'm indoors 95 percent of the time and i'm constantly working on things either it's my job or it's my music producer thing so it's like my social life is practically non-existent um me being me being social is like going for a walk outside alone (laughs) did you say you you do stand up also no i used to uh i I, i'm much more of a a, a video guy like a comic actor improviser okay Uh, i do like a, a series on uh i used to have a series on tiktok where i made 400 videos of me talking to people on omegle and I got banned uh, when I got to 33,000 followers. And I had I, I decided to start over on YouTube. It's going a lot slower, obviously. Uh, but yeah, so it's like um, I basically wear my Squirrel Flow costume, which is a skin-tight mask of my logo, which is a cartoon version of my face. So I'm basically right, wearing, I'm wearing my face on my face. Uh-huh. And I basically just yell at kids on Omega. <laughs> uh but yeah so it's like uh that's what so so it's a way for me to get some of that creative juice that i have like comedy wise i've always had like this really i would love to be a comedian in something one day like Uh uh, i'm like a tim and eric eric andre Uh guy like Mm -hmm. i love like i love like insane people Mm -hmm. uh eric andre is like one of the most insane comedians that's ever been that, that movie that he did the drive movie uh yes yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what a weird movie (laughs) oh yeah like i love him i love him to death uh when i was like 10 12 10 12 years ago in my early 20s there uh actually maybe like 15 years almost like 15 years ago i discovered tim and eric uh, tim and eric awesome show great job and that like 
blew my mind open completely. It was like uh, doing LSD for the first time or something. It was like, it, have you, have you done LSD for a first time? No, no, I want well, to, I want well, to though. Well, I know, I know, I know yeah. you have with all like the colors you got going on there. <laughs> <I can tell. laughs> <laughs> good, good assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have, I have not done LSD. Oh, okay. Well, I was wrong. I was wrong. But, I thought that the yin yang was going to give it away there. No, yeah. no, <laughs> no. That's more about. Yeah. I mean, I've done psychedelics, but not oh, yeah. LSD. I'm a big fan of mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Big fan of mushrooms. Right. Uh, big, big, big fan of mushrooms. Uh, I like weed a bit too much. Uh, I'm actually. I've been sober for a month now. Uh, mm-hmm. Try to get off. I, I'm on and off with weed because when I'm on, I go overboard. Like, uh, I have a very addictive personality, very obsessive personality, which helps me in the work that I do. But when it comes to substances, like I go overboard. So yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a break phase now. And, uh, but yeah, like, uh, I've never done hard drugs. I've only done, uh, mushrooms, weed, and Steve, uh, not Stevia, Salvia. <laughs> that natural sugar. Yeah. <laughs> I put it in my tea, man. And I, I, was just, I just snorted. it. I just snorted. it. Fuck it, you know? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Stevia. Stevia is, uh, I, that, I haven't done Stevia in a long time, but that was. That Salvia. Was, Salvia. Stevia. Oh, we, were, we were saying Stevia is the, is I the love, sugar. You know why I have Stevia come in my, come in my mouth? Because I love the, I love Zevia, you know, the soft drink. Okay, I don't know what that is. It's it's from California. How can you not know what it is? I, I've never, I've I, I've never had it. I don't know. I, I don't I live know. in California. I know. I was just like, it's it's like an inside <laughs> joke in the comedy that I make is like, Steve Zevia, what a wonderful beverage. Joe Rogan likes it, so of course it's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah, of course. <laughs> Who's that guy? Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, so uh, salvia. I I did salvia twice. It didn't hit me hard enough. I didn't hallucinate because I'm a I'm a big I'm like six two, almost three hundred pounds there. So I didn't do a potent enough dose because uh, my goal all my life was I want to hallucinate. Like I've I've never been able to hallucinate on drugs until I did four point five grams of mushrooms. That was the only time I ever hallucinated, and I my my hallucination was wrestling related. Oh yeah. I, w- I was watching AJ Styles versus Braun Strowman. Uh-huh. And the faces of the people in the crowd just started disappearing and melt. And AJ Styles' face and Braun Strowman's face would just disappear and just melt like a dolly painting or something. Mm. And I was like, great. I can die now. I've hallucinated. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The reason yeah. I was asking you about if you did comedy, if you did yeah. stand-up, was like for like the first couple years I was doing it, I would say uh, with the, I, start, I started doing open mics in 2008. Yeah, and if I ever brought up pro wrestling, and I'd be like, "Any you guys pro wrestling fans?" Yeah, no, no. nothing, nothing. No, unless you're you're hanging out with Ron Funches, whatever right. his name is. Like he's right. he's like the only one. Right. But like <laughs> when yeah. I when I would go on stage and I'd say, "Anybody here wrestling fans?" Nothing. Yeah. But now if I do it now, everybody. Like I, I find that very surprising. I I honestly thought it would be the opposite. Maybe in the states it's completely different. I feel in Canada here it's it's not it's not that much. I gotta say, I gotta say, um, which it's well, maybe that's just me not being in touch with like what's actually going on in the world. But I feel like it's really calmed down as I got older. Um, they still, re- yeah. It's really cool being able to see like uh, AEW shirts out in the wild, or like like uh, Bullet Club. Like, hey, that that person's a real fan. That yeah. person's a real fan of wrestling. Yeah. So, um, I I like to I like to. Uh, but like I, I used to do 
used to do before before the pandemic i was doing cosplay pro wrestling like so i would do it like at these festivals where uh you know it would be it'd be festivals for anime or yeah. like comic cons or whatever and there would be like a, a like some random person in like a bullet club shirt or something and i'd be like ah cool like i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna look at them for a good reaction in my matches yeah. So I got an I got another I got a cosplay wrestling show coming up. I can't remember the date. My cosplay wrestling show. Like, what do you mean? I've never so, heard of this. Uh so uh I I've been I've been um I've been uh the winter soldier and I I, I dress like the winter soldier and I team with Captain America and we've done okay. done a oh, bunch okay, okay. Of, like in a ring and have matches where I just do all Roman Reigns spots as the, oh. as the Winter Soldier. I thought you meant that you you would dress up as another wrestler, like oh, a no, famous. No. Okay, no, okay. You're, no. So you're dressing up as like a Marvel uh, character. Oh, yeah, like a Marvel like, character. Yeah, doing like a famous move set from somebody. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. So okay. um, I'm gonna be doing I'm gonna be doing Aquaman coming up. So Roman. Yeah. So Roman Reigns. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I yeah. just I'll just pick a bunch of people who I have to be. I have to be doing all Roman Reigns' moves. Yeah, yeah. But like I also I also get told that I look like Aquaman all the time. I yeah. I get told that I look like Jason Momoa or uh and I I just started calling myself on stage adjacent Momoa. Yeah, very close. Very close. Right next, right next to Jason Momoa. Right next to <laughs> Yeah, it must be like you know, when you have like that long wet hair there, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean even yeah. even when it's up like this, people yeah. people think that that's what I I mean, I'm also I'm also like 62, I'm no, 62. What am I talking about? I'm I'm also 6 foot also. Okay. And uh I'm well, I'm like 225 okay so, so people just see that i have this hair and this face and walk around at this size so they yeah. always just uh think that i look like jason momoa because they don't yeah. see people walking around looking like me no no people i mean here, i don't hear there's tons of you uh, tons of you here it's like we live in an alternate like reality mean you oh there's ton there's tons of people who look like me in canada yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, like the sense. like the whole jesus look there like that mm -hmm. thing it's popular. Like if you go to Montreal, there's a bunch of hipsters. Like uh, I'm not calling you a hipster, but hipsters. No, you can, right? Yeah, yeah. Call me a hipster all you want. I'm cool. You're like the complete opposite of a hipster. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but like if you go to Montreal, like, it's very bohemian, very uh, laid back. Everybody's got long hair, you know. Mm. So it's like uh, I when I when I lived in Montreal, that's when I had the long. I'm, I had hair down to here. So there's something about Montreal that just makes you want to grow your hair and uh, be like a rock hippie or something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like more like a bohemian type of vibe over there. Um, not as much from uh, across the pond, across the, bri uh, the, 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 the bridge, uh, from Ottawa where I am. But, uh, yeah, if you go to like uh, Montreal, it's very, very cultural, very artistic town and people just like, uh, you know, the, the styles are all over the place there. So if you went there, you would actually be like, just, you know, run of the mill looking guy. I want to <laughs> go, I want to go and fit in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I've never fit in anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, I, I've, I felt like I've never fit in here, even though, like, I don't look. I'm not like really a, like an extrovert with fashion and style. Like, I'm not really uh, all about that that kind of stuff. But uh, I never felt like I fit in mentally 
arsling, you know, like of like the things that I I'm interested in or the the ambitions that I have. Like it's definitely not the place for it uh, where I am. Uh, I I used to live in Montreal for six years and I felt a lot more my place. But the thing is that I you know with my addictive personality in my twenties I would party all the time and I you know I'd be on tour hanging out with bands at bars and you're constantly having fun. Mm-hmm. And after a while, it's great, you know, a couple of years, but then I totally burnt out by the end of it. And I had to actually move back home because mm-hmm. I was like, I, uh, I just, I almost didn't know who I was anymore. Uh, after like five, six years in a big city there, mm-hmm. uh, I was always a suburb kind of guy. And I think I always will be, uh, my dream is to own a home, uh, isolated in the woods and have a studio in the basement. Like that's, that's my dream, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what I feel is very important for me to make sure I let you know, uh, how grateful I am that you were able to pay me with the currency of your effort and your time and how important to me that currency is how grateful I am. And anybody who's listening, if this is your first time listening, how grateful I am for the fact that you've given me all this currency of your, of your effort and your attention. and also. Dude, I want to make sure I let you know, dude, if you need some sort of resource, however I can be a resource to you, you know, you just need a friend, you just need to talk, you need judgment-free chats, Mm. I'm always here, man. I'm always here. I just want to make sure you know this this is just going to be the start of what our friendship is, and I'm excited about it. So I want to make sure I said that to you all on the record. This is our first chat. Yeah, and I got you on record. You can't take that back now. First, first, of, <laughs> first of a few, hopefully yeah. many. Yeah. And, you know, I want to give you the platform as well, man. Just yeah. make sure, you know, if you have any questions for me or you want to say yeah. anything to me, I'm always, I'm, you're welcome right now to just say whatever you want. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm very, uh, very glad you had me on. I appreciate your kind words. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking to like make contacts and make like good, you know, good friendships with, uh, not necessarily people I'll like be able to hang out with necessarily in person, uh, because of our, our, our living situations. But, uh, it's, uh, just to have like people around that are, you know, that have dreams that they want to keep certain things. They want to keep their passions alive. They don't want to let that flame die out because once the flame dies out, it's, it's game over. You're basically done as a human being in my book. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just want to be surrounded with, with people that have that and uh, people that aren't necessarily where they want to be goal-wise in their lives. And that's totally cool as long as you're aiming towards that goal uh, relentlessly. And it's just like keep, you know, uh, I want to be surrounded by people that just uh, feel like they have something to offer, but they go for it. They don't just talk about it. They actually do it, right? And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really uh, happy I got to meet you great uh, great experience and uh, i didn't think we would get to an hour and a half but uh, here we are it's like it's, that's pretty cool like it, it felt effortless mm-hmm. and uh yeah i'm just uh glad uh, glad i got to talk I'm, I'm i'm actually starting my own podcast this week well if so you I'm, need gonna ha- to- I'm gonna have you on that's for okay sure. <laughs> yeah i'm sure. happy to do it happy to yeah, do yeah, it yeah yeah for sure i'll uh, i got uh, i got my first few uh, guys planned out but you're gonna be on the list for sure and uh, we'll we'll do it on my end and then i'm gonna be the one asking the questions <laughs> 
That's awesome. I'm, gonna, I'm, That's gonna, awesome. I'm just going to grill you so hard on my podcast, you know? Well, I mean, uh, any of the, any of the hard hitting questions you want to yeah. know, I'm sure I've yeah. probably talked about all of this stuff on my podcast. If you want to go and check out yeah, the, yeah, archives, yeah. the other yeah. 240 episodes, the last five years of the show, me yeah. talking about all the intimate details of my life. That's but. cool. I mean, that's what podcasting should be. It's like, uh, I, I honestly, but like, just to, 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 to wrap up the comedy discussion, I actually got a hunch in the last year that live show podcasting, like doing podcasts live, and especially after the pandemic's over, doing live podcasting will somewhat overtake stand-up uh, business-wise, I think, to a certain extent. That's how I see it. That's because, like, especially in Quebec, there's a lot, there's a movement of podcasting in Quebec of guys that are doing live podcast in front of crowds mm -hmm. and to me a live podcast in front of a crowd is funnier than stand-up you know it's something it's something i i really have i have that as a goal like i want to yeah. be able to do my podcast live i just want to make sure that when i do it yeah. it's people are coming to see the show because they know what the show is oh yeah yeah. So uh, I want to be I want to be the thing that drew them into the building, yeah. and not just like oh oh this is some podcast. Uh, like yeah. I want them to know who I am and what the you know what who yeah. the guest yeah. is and yeah. probably not like a like an open mic podcast right. that yeah. probably wouldn't yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, I I've done it, I've done yeah. it, yeah, yeah, but uh, but like it's I, a hun it's just a hunch that I got. Like as as soon as I see live podcasting, I laugh more than stand up nowadays. And I feel like there's something to that uh, in the business of comedy. Well, like Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith really cornered the market on that. I yeah. Mean, Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith, one, one, one more time. I have to say another, another dream person to work with. Like I yeah. love to work with Kevin Smith yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. in yeah. regards to any of the, and any of the outlets that I'm working on yeah. uh, comedy or, I mean, he's not in wrestling, but uh, he's, a wrestling, he's a wrestling fan though. Well, somewhat. Yeah, yeah, somewhat to a certain but, extent, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he was at AEW in the beginning, right? Like, yeah. yeah, he was at the first couple tapings. Well, that's that's more than like ninety nine percent of celebrities. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just a just a couple more quick things, and then I'll send you off into the sunset. Hot dog that's and a handshake. Yeah. All right. So, something I always do on the show. Okay. Um, is like I call it I call it audio time travel. Okay. So let's say 2041. Let's say your little sister who's who's how how much younger? 20 20 years yeah, younger. 20 years younger. She's 16, yeah. Okay. So she'll be 26 and she's gonna stumble across this audio. Yeah. She's gonna stumble across this episode of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Oh, Squirty LaFlow. Let's see. Let's see what 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 my brother was really like and what messages he might be talking about me. He might be well, well maybe he's talking directly to me. So yeah. right now, the next words that come out of your mouth are going directly to your sister or going yeah. to anybody who might love you and want to hear a message from you mm -hmm. in, that's in the time capsule of 2021. Whoa, that's a that's a good one. That's a good one. Congratulations on that concept. <laughs> okay, so I would tell my sister, don't give a shit what anybody else thinks about anything. Only listen to people that are actually 
in the things that you want to do that have been successful or trying to be successful, really ignore all the noise surrounding everything that has nothing to do with what you want to do. Um, stop focusing on your negatives and really focus on what you're strong at and develop those things instead of uh, being brainwashed by society that tells you if you're flawed, you need to work on it. No, it's like this, if you're flawed and it's hurting things that are happening in your life, don't, you know, obviously get, get you know, get, get your help for that. But for the most part, if you, if you're coming short, that's because you're, if you're coming short with something, it's because you're comparing yourself to other people. And if you stop comparing yourself to other people, you'll be in, infinitely uh, more productive, happier. Um, you'll feel like you belong more in this world uh, because, yeah. Um, and if I also stop being an asshole, like that's that's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's you're 16 now and sometimes like you know you know you're not feeling well you're kind of a dick and i give you a hard time about it but it's because i love you obviously and um i never had a sibling growing up so you're my only sibling and even though i'm 36 i still act like i'm the same age as you just to get that experience uh -huh. and i hope you understand that and i hope you can appreciate that when you're 26 <laughs> uh yeah i guess that's it <laughs> so um the other thing I do to wrap it up, real quick before I get into that, I'm going to say, uh, in in regards to the comparing yourself to other people, yeah. that's that's the thing that I've been doing on stage, and I'll I'll continue to do it until it gets zero laughs. But uh, well, I'll say, can we all agree that we're going to just stop comparing ourselves to other people? Like you see somebody with a nice car, they they have a nice car, they have a nice job, they have a nice house, and like ah, they got it all figured out. The way I look at it. You, you know, birds, mm -hmm. uh, some of them still get hit by cars. They got the whole sky. Not everybody's got it all figured out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, uh, take, take it away. <laughs> the takeaway for a lot of it, a lot of people who, who hear me say that bit will then say, dude, I always almost hit birds now. Ever since you said that, ever since I heard you say that, I always come so close to hitting birds. Yeah. If I if I would also like that one last thing that when you were saying that another thing came to mind is that stop having this societal expectation that by a certain age you have to be doing a certain thing. Well, like, yeah. I think that's one of the big things that drives people to insanity after a while. <laughs> well, I've been seeing people posting their like vaccination cards. Yeah. And they have their 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 date of birth blacked out, blurred out. I'm like, and you post that on Facebook. Facebook tells us when it's your birthday. Everyone yeah. says happy birthday to you when it's your birthday. Yeah. Uh, and then and then somebody brought it up to me. They were like, yeah, but they don't say, but they don't. Uh, Facebook doesn't tell you what year they were born. And I was like, oh, so it's a bunch of people like insecure about their societal pressures yeah. of like their expectations of where they should be when they're young. And that 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 makes me go like, man, yeah. you gotta you gotta just own it. Like, yeah. the, all the experience in your life, everywhere you've been, brought you to exactly where you're at. Yeah, and and yeah. start being proud of that.
Yeah, I, it's and I'm not exempt from that. Like sometimes it's sometimes it's not easy to like remind your. You have to remind yourself too. It's not like uh, like one day you'll wake up and you'll be like, oh, like I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. It's a really it's a work in progress, and you have to like you know stick with it. It's like any kind of therapy or any kind of self improvement. Like you really have to just destroy your ego and your societal expectations and what people expect of you. I'm lucky that I have a family that's just like yeah, do what you got to do. Right. But a lot of people are not in that position and it's like i would tell like younger people that are that are in that position and uh, i don't know if you know gary v it's straight up from uh, gary v's mentality of like stop if you're on your parents payroll and you're complaining you have to stop because you need to make moves that are going to get you off your parents payroll and they're going to permit you to do what you actually want to do with yourself right so to the younger generation be like stop complaining because if if you're being taken care of by somebody else like you almost don't get to complain, right? It's almost like <sighs> spoiled children. Yeah, it's like it's making society really weaker and less resilient to just life in general. A lot of people are more entitled, and that entitlement, like, there's a part of us that oh, we all have this little entitlement that we want more for ourselves, and we're like picking here and there, and like we're always like trying to, you know, like this podcast, for instance. It's like, yes, it's it's cool to talk to somebody new, but it's a way for me to promote myself. It's a way for you to promote yourself, and vice versa. And we're, we're kind of helping each other out in a way, like we're we're using each other in a productive, positive way. Way, right. obviously and that's mm -hmm. how like relationships and you know, contacts or whatever are, are, right. are born mm -hmm. uh, because we want to do some sort of business thing right so mm -hmm. uh, it's inevitable we all use each other for different things uh, this, you know, this but, is a this is a body of work yeah. sure yeah uh, but you know what's cool about it is like you know this this could be leading to what uh, is what earns you your living one day. Yeah. And this could be what leads to me earning my living one day. Oh, yeah. And, and another uh, thing, another thing that I would tell young people, <laughs> I think that's going to be the last flash that I have is that you can't, you can't expect things to work exactly how you want them to work. And that's, that's the thing that I learned the hard way. Uh, because in my mind, when I was 16 and I started making music, I'm like, I'm going to be like Kurt Cobain. I'm going to blow up, going to be a superstar, going to be a rock star. All the ladies are going to love me, all that shit. And it kind of like dr dr drilled a hole into my brain of like, yeah, like that's what I'm going to be. And then uh, life humbles you real quick. Yeah, stay, stay, re <laughs> stay realistic in your expectations. Exactly. And it's like, you, you can dream big. It's totally cool to dream big. The bigger you dream, the, the more likely you are to fall somewhere in between that's going to be pretty satisfactory for you but uh don't buy into the whole like you got to be a celebrity you got to be famous you got to be all that stuff to be happy because celebrities and famous people blow their brains out all the time so it means absolutely nothing you know right. and yeah. i think as a society we're going to go towards less and less celebrity i'm hoping that the actual idea of celebrity will just disappear one day but this you know it's that's my hope there but well i think yeah. that i think that there is a there's a, there's something to be said about uh, a, a scratch for every itch yeah. so like like if someone gets fame and fortune it doesn't scratch the itch on like how they don't like themselves inside. No. Like no. you have to have, you have to have that. You have to, uh, Aubrey Marcus, do you know who Aubrey Marcus is? Is uh, she, uh, the, no, uh, it's a guy. It's a guy. Okay. He, he, uh, I, I was thinking the, the ref from AEW. No, no. Aubrey Marcus is, uh, the CEO of on it. Uh, oh with, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. With Joe Rogan. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, the, the alpha brain. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, Aubrey Marcus says about, um, being fit for service. 
So if your inside is fit for you to to be of service to whatever that next goal is, like if it isn't fit, get it fit. Be fit yeah. for service. So uh, that's that's the the mindset I have on that. As far as yeah. like uh, like getting 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 the every, all the wildest dreams come true, but like not being prepared for it when it oh, yeah. does arrive. Because like yeah. your your world changes hardcore when those kind of opportunities open up to you. Mm-hmm. So you got to be prepared for that now. <laughs> so I mean, and then all these, uh, you know, I found out a bit uh, when I was participating in the, the TikTok world there for like a good year, trying to promo on there, all these like 16, 17, 18 year old kids that are legit fame. They got like 50 million followers on there and their families are probably controlling a lot of the stuff that's going on. It's like they're, they're underage people with this like insane following and they've built it throughout very little talent or very little things to offer to the, the world that's going to make the world a better place it's very like superficial like the the prettiest people make it the farthest on tiktok that's even if they're underage that's so it's basically like a pedophile haven like, like on that thing right so it's like uh there's something really twisted and and distorted about that whole scene uh because there's no 16 year old on this planet that's equipped to deal properly with that kind of attention at such a young age you know no i don't think there's any 36 year olds that are equipped to deal with that either. exactly yeah, exactly there's there's like it's not normal it's no. just not but society has like built it into the fabric now of like these are like people that are a bit more important than you mm-hmm. because people pay attention to them right right uh it's a very very distorted view of life reality <clears throat> so the the way i wrap up every episode yeah. is uh i'll i'll give you i'll let you know that i've hypothetically gifted you this podcast yeah okay so from now let's say this is evolving with squirtle flow episode one the pilot episode of your podcast in a very jerry springer's final thought type of way you know, <laughs> take take about like a a minute or two to get the best takeaways to make you evolve to a better version of yourself tomorrow for anybody who's listening and might really want those takeaways. Okay. And th- and then at the end, just to keep it silly, keep it silly, Billy, mm-hmm. then you, then just uh, do your best impression of Alf and say, Hey, Willie. Fuck. I don't remember. I don't remember how Alf sounds. So I'll just do like a random noise. Probably. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> What'd you say? Hey, Billy. Hey Willie! Oh, hey Willie! Okay. That was um, the, the main main takeaways from this, I would say, final thoughts. I gotta like sit sideways though, like Jerry Springer, kind of like this, and then you're like turn to the camera, like <laughs> final thoughts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the main takeaway is that uh, I'm a Scorio Flow music producer, 20 years. I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I want to participate in any positive way that I can to this industry, uh, to art in general. Um, I want to, I want to make an impact and have a, 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 like a a lasting sort of like, you know, legacy or something. I feel like that means something to me. And, uh, I'm pretty sure that people listening, it also could mean something to them. They could probably relate to that. Um, if you want to check out what I do, I have a SoundCloud, uh, Scorial Flow. I'm on there. I'm Scorial Flow on all the platforms. And, uh, yeah, I do comedy. Like we said earlier, that's on my YouTube. I'm starting a podcast soon. 
the Undertaker scares the shit out of me. Doink the Clown, the heel character, pretty cool. And uh, mental illness, not that great. Society kind of shit. And uh, hey, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> That was the best one so far. That's you know, all I got. You know what was the best part about it? Like, yeah. no, the the the, the Alf impression was spot on. Okay. But previous to the Alf impression, you were just like, you were like, oh, I do got to actually do some takeaways from the episode. So then yeah. you like went back in your in your yeah. in your mind. Yeah. But before that, you were like, all right, put myself over. All right, yeah. square deal, vote. Everybody, follow. this is what I'm trying to do with my life. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> but but. <laughs> I've never seen somebody do the, the final thoughts or a whole ton of t- uh, the takeaways being uh, like me, yeah. li- like me, everybody yeah. like me. You, you. I mean, how can you not like me? Look at me. I mean, I mean Jesus. how could you not? Jesus. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I gotta be honest. I don't know what I'm doing in this world. And I try my best to just fake it at every moment that I get. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to, I want to one more time. Thank everybody. If this is your first time checking out evolving with Corey Castle, Make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you comment on the video below. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash Corey Castle. Uh, if, if you don't know how to spell that, that's C-O-R-Y-K-A-S-T-L-E, at Corey Castle on Instagram and Twitter. If you want some silly goose jokes, some, some dad jokes, and you want to you wanna see some, some, long-haired, some long-haired man, that's me. And, uh, you know, be careful with... Uh, be careful with how you spend your energy and tell the people that you love that you love them. Be fun, have safe, keep evolving.